0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Well, well, well. Back once again. Good morning. Welcome in. You are listening to 98.7 FM ESPN New York. It is a day today where we wonder whether or not we should just abolish the NFC East. It is a day where we can now confirm without any further evidence... The New England Patriots are a bad football t- We didn't think it would happen in our lifetimes. It's happening right now. And I think you'd have to say, I, I, this is going out on a limb. I, I will grant you that. And it will probably tick off some people. This is not your usual hot take. This is, this is really going out there. But this is a day where the New York Jets still stink. I know. I, I, look, I'll be the one to put it out there for you. But uh, good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York on this Monday, November 2nd. Way more than any mere mortal could ever possibly squeeze into a single hour. But we'll give it a go anyway. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. It is the uh, start of week three. You're saying, wait, week three? No, it's week eight. No, it's week three in the search to find the greatest television show of all time. And I call you guys out when you guys get it wrong, but I want to say thank you right off the top of the show. Largest poll numbers yet on Friday. So we will recap the result from Friday, almost, almost this close to a double elimination. And you might be saying, well, you know, Gordon, the football season's going on. Why do we need this? Because we need something that's slightly competitive. Even if it were uh, billions and this is us every single day as part of the regal tumble, it would be far more competitive than anything we see usually, at least in terms of New York football, on an NFL Sunday. So uh, we'll get to that. Baseball free agency's underway. Week eight is almost in the books. Tonight, Giants of Bucks. Who's ready for a little Giants football? Well, too bad. We're getting it anyway, people. So that's tonight, Monday Night Football. But, you know, Saturday was Halloween. Hopefully everybody had a safe and fun holiday. I mean, what's not to like about Halloween? It's costumes, it's candy, and it's kids, right? It's fun. Spooky season, as they've been calling it. Well, as scary as your spooky season may have been, more terrifying than that. Even more terrifying than the sun going down at 5 o'clock every day now. Oh boy, is that depressing or what? Uh, but more terrifying than all of that, the New York Jets played yesterday. The Jets hit the halfway point. I'm pretty sure the halfway point hit them back a lot harder. 35-9, the final score in Kansas City, which was never really in doubt. Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdown passes yesterday. In the one game yesterday, he threw for five touchdown passes. The Jets, of course, have uh, four this season. They have seven total touchdowns in the entire season, which I got to be honest, when I saw that stat, I said, that seems high. The Jets have seven touchdowns this year? They've scored one in their last three games. So they've now been outscored in the last month, 107 to 29. As bad as the—and it wasn't like the first month was any good. But in the second month— they have been outscored 107 to 29. It was the only one o'clock game yesterday, I would say, that you did not have to check in on. At any point, you knew what was going to happen going in. It happened, it continued to happen. You know, a lot of teams struggle with being the laughing stock of their sport. The Jets seem to thrive at it. So, you look, I could come on today and I could trash the team, right? Trash the coach, trash the GM. But hasn't it been all said? I feel like I've said it all. I mean, I love to make jokes at the Jets' expense, but at some point, it becomes too much. It becomes redundant. When you get your head, among other body parts, handed to you every single week, what is left to say? So maybe I should just move on. But I can't help myself. Because the coach is a mess. Adam Gase is now 30 and 43 as a head coach. And yet, against all odds, how hard these jobs are to get, how hard these jobs are to hold on to. He's holding on to his somehow. All due respect to others. There's no way, and I know that this has come up on other shows on the station. I will set this in stone right now. There is no way in God's green earth, and we'll make it green for the Jets, That Adam Gase is back next season. Not even the Jets could do that. I'm sorry. I know we all say, well, the Jets, they they were at a whole nother level. And I have said before, right? The motto of the 2020 Jets is you got to see it to believe it. That's how bad it is. It's worse than the numbers look. It's worse than that. But not even the Jets. No, not even the Jets could bring him back. Steve Cohen will sell the Mets to Bill DeBlasio before the Jets bring back Adam Gase next season. There is no shot in hell that that guy is back next year. Not even the Jets could do that. As impossible as it seems for the Jets to win a game. If they had won yesterday, I said, it would have been the greatest regular season upset in the history of the NFL. Even as long as those odds are. There's no way Adam Gase will be back after this season. He is now 7-17 and as the Jets' head coach. I talked about the touchdowns before, 7 on the season, seemed high. The 7 seems high, doesn't it? Like if I told you, hey, you know, over the last year and a half with Adam Gase, the Jets have won 7 games, that seems a little high. Mainly because they haven't won any this year. You just keep tacking him on to the losses. It's a very easy stat to keep track of. You just keep the first number exactly the same, and then you add one to the second number. He's lost more games by two scores than he's won. Only seven times has the offense even had 300 yards. 300 yards isn't like some crazy. Everybody should be having 300 yards in this day and age. After the game, Adam Gay said, I'm doing this job to win. I'm not not to get my face stomped in. It's interesting he used that uh, phrasing because I think that's what a lot of fans want to do to him. Last week, they had four yards in the second half. This week, not as bad. They had uh, 63. 63 after halftime. You would think, like, just by mere accident, you could get, like, 63 in, like, one play. Right? The other team is winning by a ton. And they let their guard down a little bit. Even with their guard down, the Jets don't have their guard up. They had two first downs after halftime. If the Chiefs wanted to score 100 points yesterday, they could have. But again, in terms of the Jets, what's the point? At least they didn't let Livion Bell embarrass them. I mean, Bell was so unproductive yesterday, I thought he was still on the Jets. The Chiefs' running backs didn't do a lot over the course of the game. The Jets actually had more rushing attempts than the Chiefs yesterday, which is kind of interesting because you're losing by four touchdowns. You're not scoring a touchdown. Nothing like handing off to Frank Gore, right? Let's get Let's establish that run when we're down by 26 points. The 2020 Jets, I said, you have to see it to believe it. Well, unfortunately for you, you do have to see it because there's still eight games going. Still more, eight more games to go. (sighs) I've never run a marathon. I feel like this is running a marathon. The Jets season is like running a marathon and we've only hit the halfway point. You got another half marathon to run. Oh my God. But look, at least you know, this much you know is true. The Jets are getting the number one pick. I've said this, we were, you know, like the numbers have been like, well, they have a 48%. No, we said for weeks, the Jets have a 99.999999% chance. I don't know how many nines we've done before. Add another couple. Add a couple more nines. Like, it's it, the, the, the path to victory for anybody else to get the number one pick is so narrow it would it would be astronomical so they are getting the number one pick and you after this season i would think after the season although it, there's a possibility it comes during the season once that number one pick is secured you're getting rid of the coach those two things are set in stone don't let anyone tell you otherwise do i have any inside information no i have my eyes i have common sense i have a brain not even the Jets would keep Adam Gase beyond this year, and people each and every week, how can you keep the coach? He should be gone right now. No, 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 no. Look, it, 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 the 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 pooches, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't use that analogy. Um, the, the 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 mess is made. Right, it's it's already done. It, it's done a thousand times over. It's done. You're you're a terrible team. The only thing now you can do. Is salvage some sort of silver lining. And the silver lining is to get the number one pick and hopefully draft Trevor Lawrence. That's the silver lining. At this point, no longer can you say, well, you know what? Maybe we trade that pick and we get a bunch of picks and we keep Sam Darnold. Sam looks terrible. The team looks terrible. Everything looks terrible when it comes to the Jets. So they traded Avery Williamson to the Steelers yesterday because why not? They get a fifth round pick back from the Steelers. They give up a seventh round pick. And I'm sure today, over the various shows, people will point out about the Jets. Well, you know what? Look, the trade deadline is tomorrow. Only thing going on in the world tomorrow is the trade deadline. And people will point out, you know, the Jets are doing the smart thing. Look at Miami. Miami Dolphins, right? Things are looking up. They won their third in a row yesterday, now four and three. And it was not that long ago. Pretty much around this time last year, everybody was saying the uh, Dolphins tanking on the season. Uh, you know, tanking for Tua at that point. I don't know. Was Tua hurt already at this point? I don't remember. But they were tanking. They were not trying to win games. And look at them now, right? A year later, we're hitting the halfway point and how much more of a bright future they have. Well, two things. A, and I can say this because I'm a Dolphins fan, that was their plan going into last year. They went into last year knowing they were going to be bad. They got rid of a bunch of veteran players uh, and, and, and stockpiled picks. And really went out of their way to compile picks. They went, they went into last year knowing that. The Jets went into this year with their GM complaining about low expectations. So that, that's the first thing. You know, tanking is not simply sucking. The Jets are not tanking. Now, the, the results might be the same. But there's a difference between tanking, which is a set plan to go into the year, not really trying to win games, and what the Jets are doing. The Jets have been trying to win games. They're just incapable. So tanking is not just simply sucking. There is a difference. Secondly, the big difference between what the jet, where the Jets are right now at 0-8 and where the Dolphins were a year ago is they had their coach in place a year ago. He was part of it. Brian Flores, he was part of the, the, the whole process last year. And he, he had to deal with all the, the different things that went on. And I thought, look, over the, the second half of the year that maybe he got a little bit too much credit. But it's clear now at this point that this guy's got a plan and he's carrying it out. The Jets, while they might have the number one pick, they don't have a coach in place because make no mistake, again, they will have to go find a coach after this year. And while it will be easy to get anyone who's better than what they have right now, that doesn't mean that they're going to all of a sudden hit it out of the park either. I mean, this is the same ownership that came up with Adam Gase. And again, make no mistake... They were the only ones who were going to hire Adam GaSe last time around. By the way, can we just do do me a favor? Can you just tell me when Steve Cohen is the Mets owner? Not like he's in line to be, not kind of sort of. He he closes this day. Just tell. I don't need the step by step. Just tell me when he's in charge and it's done, okay? Because I feel like every day it's like, well, he's he's cleared this step, he's cleared that step. Can we just tell me when all the steps are done, when he he can uh, take off his uh, Fitbit and uh, just sit in a chair and uh, tell me that's when I want to know. All right. Um, All right. It is the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We uh, touched on the Jets against uh, probably better judgment. Like at this point, does anybody really need any more Jets talk? Like it's just the same thing each and every week. Well, I don't really think even I, need, I should be leading the show off, and maybe that was a mistake by doing so because there were so many interesting and fun games yesterday to lead off a show talking about the NFL with, by far, the least competitive of them, and every single week the least competitive. I mean, it's, it, they have no interest in, in competing. And at least yesterday... Um, You'd have to say that that's going to probably be the greatest talent discrepancy between the two teams because it was like the Chiefs were barely even trying. Like, it just felt like they, they were just toying with the Jets, and whenever they wanted to score, they scored. And uh, the Jets, whenever they didn't want to score, they didn't score. So they, and they didn't score a lot. Let's put it that way. Three field goals, and yet uh, still running the ball that second half. Oh, my God. that's right. Only eight more. There's only eight more games to go. And uh, I will say right now, the two things that you know without – I don't care what anybody tells you anywhere. No matter what the algorithms are, the Jets are going to get the number one pick. That is done. It is complete. Now, it's not official, right? Like the Jets could – the only thing that could screw that up would be possibly a coaching change. You've seen how other teams have played after – you know, the Falcons, right? The, The Falcons have won a couple of games after making a coaching change. Now, the Texans haven't. They've only won one game the whole time. But the Jets can't afford to even win one game. So out of all the things in the NFL that are set in stone, keeping Adam Gase, keeping everything exactly the same with the Jets is vital right now. You have to get at least a cut. Now, it seems like teams are starting to distance themselves, right? There's only, I think, three one-win teams left. The Giants are one. They play tonight. The Jaguars... And I think the Texans, I think that's it, right? Those are the only 3-1-1 teams. So the last thing the Jets need now, because when they eventually get rid of Adam Gase, whenever that is, after the season, once they have the number one pick locked up, I'm sure some guys are, are, are going to feel, like, f- set free. And, and they will play better. We've seen other guys, when they're free of Adam Gase, play better. So the last thing the Jets can do is even possibly tempt fate. It's like when you have a pitcher with a no-hitter. You, you know, if you, it's your team— you don't change your seat, you don't change anything. That's what the Jets should be doing right now. Don't change anything, including the results. And luckily with Adam Gase, the results don't change. They lose every single week. They lose every week by a couple of scores, and away you go. So that I mean, you have eight more games to go. I would think I would think that by, you know, five game five more games they should be set and clear uh to to lock up that number one pick. I mean, they've already got it locked up at the halfway point of the season, pretty much. So we'll see if the, I mean, the Giants aren't going to win tonight. And once the Jets have the number one pick locked up, I guess we can start having the conversation about when the Giants are going to have that second pick locked up. So the Jets, you know that the, the, they're going to get the number one pick. It's 99.99999%, and they are going to fire the coach. The, Adam Gase will not be the Jets' head coach next season. Now, I don't, I'm not in favor of him firing him right now, but once it's, it's, it's locked up and you have the number one pick, okay, fine, whatever that is. And if you want him to coach out the whole season as some sort of punishment, oh, right, fine, I don't care that about that either. Whatever you want to do. But you can't fire him now, but he will be gone. By the time next season starts, he will be gone. So, all right, let's move on to the Jets. And then I said I shouldn't be opening the show talking about the Jets. And then I spent 10 more minutes talking about the Jets. What can I do? I'm, I'm, I'm powerless. I, I sit there. On NFL Sundays, with my mouth agape, probably like you, watching the, watching the Jets play. Because it's, uh, it is incredible. The 2020 Jets, you got to see it to believe it. Uh, Giants tonight, Monday night game. Uh, and I know people have pointed out, how are the Giants playing a Monday night game? The national stage? Is the national stage ready for the Giants? Yes. At this point, look, everybody can focus on whatever they want. I focus on me. And it should, at this point, it should be illegal for an NFL Sunday to take place Where as a New York football fan, I'm not a fan of either of them, but as someone who has to watch both the Jets and the Giants, it should be illegal to be forced to sit through one game immediately followed up with another game. Like watching the Jets and then being forced to watch the Giants. Oh, you you need a break. You need like a window where you you just have a little bit of a, a palate cleansing. And if even if that palate cleansing is Eagles and Cowboys, it's, it's just something to kind of break up the monotony. So if the Giants have to play on Monday or the Jets have to play on Monday or the Jets have to play on Thursday or, or Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't care when, just not back-to-back, I can't take it anymore. And the uh, Giants, you would say, right, last two weeks, it's come down to a single point. Two weeks ago against Washington, they won by a single point. And then last time out, of course, they lost the Eagles by a single point. I'm guessing it's probably not going to be a one-point game tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Going out on the limb uh, again. And I guess they'll probably bring this up during the broadcast, right? Daniel Jones' first win came against Tampa. Doesn't it seem like that was forever ago? Doesn't that feel like it was a very, very long time ago? More so than like a little over a year ago. And obviously, Will Hernandez is out tonight with the covid uh, Devonte Freeman's out with a sore ankle, so uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, what will we see? Really, I mean, really, what will we see? Is anybody expecting the Giants to even be competitive? I can't even make a compelling case for how the Giants are going to be competitive tonight, and they've been competitive largely in most of the games. But I mean, it's, it's, again. They're not the Jets because the Jets are the, the, the set-in-stone team. At least the Giants leave some wiggle room where you think, ah, maybe, maybe they could win a game. I don't think that that's going to be this week, though. I don't think it's going to be tonight. So, all right, let's look at the other games from uh, Week 8 around the NFL. 1-800-919-ESPN, of course, is the phone number. Uh, I guess the game of the day yesterday, well at least in the 1 o'clock window, Steelers-Ravens. Ravens owned the first half. Steelers' offense looked terrible in the first half. But then that third quarter kind of got going. How's this first stat? The Ravens are the first team at least over the last 70 years to outrush an opponent by 200 yards and outpass them by any amount and still lose the game. So that was a game that I was on. I think a lot of people were on the Steelers. There was was like two games yesterday that everybody was on, maybe more than that. Steelers getting points against the Ravens and when that line opened up I think it was like a five and a half point spread maybe it was five points I got on it at four and a half and uh because it's always a field goal game it's always the Steelers and Ravens always come down to like the last play it comes down to a field goal came down to the last play yesterday and uh, the Steelers the only uh still unbeaten team in uh, the NFL so they uh, move on they are now seven and oh on the season uh and it was a good game I don't think it was a great game but it was a good game and the Steelers did just enough in that second half because that first half they looked terrible they really looked bad and they had gotten the score I think it was the first play of the game and they were up seven nothing and then they they didn't score any other points I don't think in the first half they were down 17-7 but then that third quarter got some stuff going so uh Steelers off to a great start once again uh and I think Steelers and Ravens we'll be hearing from them again before the season is uh, is out uh Bills beat the Patriots yesterday 24-21. Bills kind of didn't they feel like they were controlling that game everywhere but the scoreboard. Now I was not completely focused on that game because I you know the Jets were going on, Tua was playing, uh but it felt like the Bills were controlling that game everywhere but the scoreboard and yet the Patriots were kind of hanging around all the way until that final drive. But the Pats have now lost 4 games in a row, 4 game losing streak, and there's no other way to put it. At this point, the Patriots are a bad team. They are just a bad team. They have not scored an offensive point in the first quarter all year. I'm pretty sure the Jets have even done that. That's crazy. Not, a, not one single offensive point the entire year. And uh, for all the people, again... Second straight week, I don't think we'll be seeing any articles about how uh, how did the entire league let Cam Newton get to the Patriots? Remember all those those cries when the Patriots signed Cam Newton? Cam uh, was not uh, was not great again yesterday, and then fumbled on the uh, the final drive when the, the field goal seemed assured, and uh, that was one of the games I was on. As I had, uh, Bills were uh, minus three and a half, so uh, that one cost me. But um, Bills six and two on the year, their point differential is minus one. They are minus one for the season, but they are six and two. I don't think they're as good as that six and two record, clearly. But uh, hey, look, they're, they're controlling the AFC East, and, and you'd have to say well on their way to, uh, to winning the division this year. 1 800 ESPN, 1 800 is the phone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Bengals, they had lost 14 straight games against teams with winning records, beat the Titans yesterday. 31 20 Bengals were playing with four backup offensive linemen and uh, still Joe Burrow was not sacked I think he was only hit one time on the day so that was a kind of a crazy game there uh, Vikings beat the Packers that was another game everybody in the world was on the Packers yesterday uh, and they lost the game outright so um, I kept watching that game and I kept saying to myself, why do they keep showing that Dalvin Cook touchdown again oh that's not the same play That's why they call it gambling, people. Vikings win their second game, so more distancing from the Jets there. Uh, And then, of course, Miami beat the Rams as Jared Goff's... Oh, my God, did Miami just eat his lunch yesterday? Brian Flores just ate Sean McVay's lunch. You know, McVay has like a photographic memory, and he can remember every single play that he's ever coached. Boy, there's going to be a lot of the ones that he wants to forget yesterday. A lot of them that he wants to forget yesterday. The pass rush just absolutely devoured... Jared Goff, who, boy, looked like he was making his first NFL start. Uh, As for Tua, he was not very good, didn't need to be, and certainly seemed very nervous early on. So I know everybody's going to throw roses at the Dolphins, and that's generally when the roof caves in. But they got the win, tough game, 4-3. and So, you know, they are the example of a lot can change from the first half of one year to the midway point of the second season. And it it certainly seems like, and I I hate to say this because I know – I'm like someone who's loved and lost and uh, doesn't want to get burned again. But as soon as you start throwing, you know, compliments of the Dolphins' way, that's when the again the roof caves in. But at least so far, you'd have to say that they have had a plan for all the criticism of them tanking last year and all the criticism. You know, this is not a pro- way a professional organization runs things. They've gotten things turned around pretty quickly. Now they're only four and three. Let's not get carried away. And uh, whether or not they make the playoffs this year is still very much up in the air. And whether or not Tua can stay healthy over the final nine games is still very much up in the air. But at least as we sit here right now, uh, on November 2nd, their plan to do what they did last year, Tank, actually looks like it's starting to pay some dividends very, very quickly. one 800 espn ESPN is the phone number. Can I speak today? I think the coffee. I think I need more coffee. All right, let's get some phone calls in because I've blabbered on them long enough. 1-800-919-3776. Danny is on Long Island. Danny, what's going on, my man?
0: I wouldn't talk about the uh, professional football league, so I'll leave the Jets out of it, of course, for a while. Okay. Uh, some great games yesterday, by the way. Big Steeler fan. and It never it's never fails to be a three-hour root canal without any anesthesia. It's amazing how the cast of characters has changed completely over the last 15 to 20 years. But the game is always just mind-numbingly tense, defense hitting. Uh, you're, you're right. The Steelers', uh, Steelers uh, offense looked terrible in the first half. Ravens coming off a bye. Had a clear had definitely had a clear advantage in strategy, but you know what you make adjustments and that's good coaching and yep. as uh, we, and you move on to no a, a couple of big upsets I mean the uh I, I couldn't believe the Titans got outclassed by the Bengals that that's just going to come back and haunt them because they're a playoff team and they shouldn't be losing games like that. but as I wake up this morning, I think of Avery Williamson, middle linebacker on the o and a New York Jets who while sitting in the locker room or on the flight home from Kansas City, it said. Uh, you've been traded. Who have been traded to? Starting next week, you'll be the middle of the linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're kidding me, right? Imagine. Yeah. Can you just imagine? Like, unbelievable. Like you, I'm freely like like Andy Dufresne coming out of the pipe at the end of uh, Shawshank. <laughs> Josh, that, that's that's about a short that's That's about the that's about the image I have of, of Avery Williamson right now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that, that's a perfect uh, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, I mean going from zero and eight to seven and zero. Uh, yeah, I mean that, you, you can't get much better than that, you know. And I remember they were talking about Steve McClendon when he found out uh, when the Jets had traded him that he just drove from Miami to Tampa Bay. Uh, Avery Williamson. It's a lot further trip. He might have done the exact same thing. He I mean, might have just ran. gotten the cars and get ran. me the hell out of here as fast as I yeah. can.
0: He might have parachuted out of the plane as it passed over <laughs> Pittsburgh. But anyway, listen, yeah. enjoy. Is, is it going to be a poop list, or are we just eliminate? Yeah, no, that? that'll be that tomorrow. We moved. Uh,
1: yeah, we've moved uh, the poop rankings to uh, Tuesdays. That's a Tuesday staple now. So okay, uh, I know, look forward we got to gotta it. run it. Yeah, we got to run it all through the algorithm. It's a very painstaking process, Danny. So uh, we'll have the poop list tomorrow.
0: Well, we have to see what the Giants do basically, because they could. Yeah, have poop right. Right, yeah, yeah, that's the
1: main reason. Yep, absolutely because you know, right. you don't want to start doing a poop list without including the Giants because you'd have to say good chance they're going to be on the list, right? It's just a matter of where they're going to be on the list. But just yeah, they're going to be on the
0: poop. List. Very All good. Right, it's Dan. What kind thanks, of Thanks,
1: thanks for the call. one 800 919 ESPN. Nick is on Long Island. Nick, what's going on, man?
0: Hey, good morning, Gordon. Um so I uh I started my fantasy league going 4 and now I'm 4 and 4. I mean, uh, three and four going to be four and four, and I got to face Tom Brady tonight. I'm up thirty points, and I got Ronald Jones Jr. So I just wanted to to see what your what your take was. You think Tom can go for thirty? I'm hoping that the uh, the Monday Night Football unders just keep going, and this game. And like 17-10, Ronald Jones gets a touchdown. Tom goes for like
2: 200 yards with one touchdown. What do you think?
1: I'll tell you right now, I have gone up against Brady uh, in uh, fantasy, and he has uh, put up some uh, just incredible numbers. Look, the Giants have generally kept things close this year. So, I mean, kind of maybe hang your hat on that. I I, I feel like at some point, you know, we we keep talking about how the Giants keep things close, that at some point they're just going to get their doors blown off. Now, that has not really happened outside of the Niners game. So maybe they maybe um, maybe they could do something to keep you know Godwin's not playing tonight. Uh, Antonio hopefully, Brown hopefully is not in there until the next ground. week. Yeah, I mean maybe I mean maybe they can kind of keep it close tonight. We'll see. Yeah, thanks. I buddy. wouldn't have high hopes, but uh, look, you got some hope. How What's the point lead you have? He's All gone. Right, he's gone. He's gone. All right. Well, look, look if you have uh, you know twenty, I think you need at least a twenty point lead. I think he said twenty points. So. Uh, There's nothing worse than than it coming down to a Monday night, and you can see it coming from a mile away. I remember one time, look, I always say fantasy, nobody cares, uh, but you only care about your own team. You don't care about it. There was a Monday night game, and I remember I had a huge lead, and it was the Vikings and Niners, and the the guy I was playing had Chris Carter and Jerry Rice. And I, I have to go back and find what the exact numbers were. It was basically the Chris Carter and Jerry Rice show. I think they put up like 400 yards of, of offense and touchdowns, and I ended up losing the game. And it's like an all-time, that, that one is the, to this day, it still has to be the most painful way to lose a fantasy game. When, and you're watching it, and you can see, I mean, in the second quarter, they both had like, it seemed like they had both had seven catches already in the game.
2: Have to get to Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do?
0: If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared
2: to go all the way because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the
0: morgue. That's,
1: that's, that's ah, the Sean Connery. Ah, Sean Connery, of course, uh, passed away over the weekend at the age of 90. I was not, I'm not old enough. It's weird that I could ever use the phrase I'm not old enough or anything anymore, but I was not old enough to see him as uh, James Bond. Uh, my first my first Bond was Roger Moore, but uh, I would certainly remember The Untouchables. Fantastic movie. And that scene... And if you could come up with a metric for acting in that movie, uh, Sean Connery and uh, Kevin Costner, that would be uh, Chiefs Jets. (laughs) Not uh, exactly very competitive there on that front. But of course, Sean Connery, the great Sean Connery, uh, passing away over the weekend. uh, Our moment of inspiration for this uh, Monday morning. Certainly couldn't use any highlights from the Jet game. Sorry, couldn't do that. Maybe the Jets touched it. Oh, that's right. They didn't score all right, but it is The Gordon Dammer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We're already starting to run out of time. I can feel it. I can sense it already. So that's movies. But, of course, we have The Regal Tumble, the quest to find the greatest television show of all time. Now, Friday, it really, it didn't come down to the wire because Friday we had, I would say, there are a few shows in this contest that are clearly going to be the, the real content, the real heavyweights and one of them entered the fray on Friday and that would be the Sopranos and it was just a question of who was going to, to lose it was not going to be the Sopranos we never really had any question whether or not the Sopranos was going to, uh, to, to blow away the field although I'd have to say didn't blow away the field nearly as much as I thought that they were going to but the Sopranos clear winner on Friday so they're part of the mix but then it came down to a question of whether or not there would be a double el- uh, elimination. And then the rules for double elimination are if, you, if any show gets under 15%, not 15%, but under 15%, they are automatically eliminated even if they finish in third place. Usually it's just one show that gets eliminated a day. But if you're under 15%, both of them get kicked out, and then we throw two new ones in the mix. But The Sopranos uh, wins on Friday, so they're still part of the mix. But Game of Thrones is a goner. Much like uh, their own their own show, started very strong, middle kind of compelling, and then the uh, the the end, whoop! Right down the right down the well. Awful, just a terrible way to close things out. So much so you can't rewatch like if you go back and rewatch great tv shows sopranos is a perfect one to go go back and rewatch i've rewatched it several times entire the entire catalog game of thrones you can't do that because the entire time you're watching even a good season of it you're thinking to yourself yeah but i know how this ends and it's and it's terrible and you know how the other ones end but the endings aren't nearly as bad as game of thrones so game of thrones we wave bye bye to Game of Thrones. It was never really uh, as, as strong as it could have been. If this contest had taken place a couple of years ago, I think it would have finished. Much, would, the run would have been much, much longer. But that's uh, not the case. Not the way it goes. So we know the returning field. The returning field for day 11 of the Regal Tumble is. The office still hanging strong, still in there, have been in there since the very first day. So now going into its third week, kind of keep it going. We've got a long way to go, but at least the uh, the support has been pretty strong. Uh, also still returning to the field are Seinfeld. Seinfeld, very strong showing so far. Although, again, have just kind of entered. Maybe people get start getting bored of voting for the Seinfeld show every single week. But they are still in there, very much a part of the mix, as well as, yes, The Sopranos. I've already mentioned, so not really much of a surprise there. All right, so as I said when we started this contest, we wanted outside-the-box ideas. It's not just about The Sopranos or Seinfeld. It's about what, what, how do you find, define the greatest show of all time? Well, one way to define it is the show that maybe you've spent the most time watching over all the years, right? Like The Sopranos, what was it on for, like 10 years? All right, and they had long stretches where it was off. There are some shows that are on every single day and have been on every single day probably for 30 years. So that is where we go today. Day 11 of the Regal Tumble. Let's find out today's entry. (laughs) Well, if we were having the theme song contest that we were floating as the oh, idea, God wouldn't God God Yeah, it's, uh, of course, Jeopardy! The Jeopardy theme! Now, you will say, probably your first reaction, Gordon, what are you, what are you doing? Well, first off, I take no responsibility. These are all your suggestions. These what the hell is that? What the hell
2: is that? Well,
1: it, you'd have to say it's in the conversation for greatest... Game show of all time, right? I mean, it's been on. It was on for a very long time originally, then it went off the air for a stretch of time, and it's been on every single day since the 80s. They just bang these things out. So it's been on. Think about all the time you have watched Jeopardy in your life getting answers wrong left and right, thinking you know the answer. I always like on Jeopardy when they ask a question. And I don't even know what kind of word they're looking for. Like sometimes they'll ask me quite randomly, I I think the answer is refrigerators and the answer is actually like uh, the space-time continuum. I'm like so far off. Yeah, it happens sometimes. But there you go. This is a different kind of contest. This is not just you know scripted dramas of the last 20 years. This is everything. And I will say if I had, I don't wanna give anything away, but only I know the list of shows as they're coming up. If I had one word to describe this week's list of shows, I would say controversy. controversy. What
0: the hell?
1: Yeah, that's the word I would use. Controversy. So, today's selection might be a little controversial. Jeopardy-, Jeopardy, can they hang with the big boys? Can Alex Trebek, after all these, he loves to look down on people when they get answers wrong. He has all the answers, Mr. Answer Man. So we'll see if, uh, if, if, the, uh, if Mr. Answer Man can, uh, can hang with everybody else. And that is the day 11 continuum of, of uh, the four shows. There you go. Jeopardy, The Office, Seinfeld, and The Sopranos. And really, I, the other thing I, I'm kind of wondering today, can The Sopranos get their numbers up? Because I got to be honest, for the debut, I thought a big debut, right? The Sopranos. A little disappointing in uh, in in, in uh, their their first appearance on Friday. So we'll see if uh, the Monday audience is a little bit more uh, into it. All right, oh, there you go. The Regal Tumble, day number 11. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Uh, do we still have some calls here, Brian? Because the sheet is not working here. So I'll say, uh, is Kenny in Jersey there? Okay, Kenny in Jersey is gone. Spike is there. All right, Spike in Spike Jersey. What's going on, my man?
2: Oh, thank you! Nice win for your team yesterday.
1: Yeah, it was a nice performance. I got—I I love doubting them, and they keep proving me wrong. So uh, look, I'll oh. keep that trend going.
2: Well, yeah, that's a good strategy. They were very careful with uh, Tua, and uh, he's very athletic. You just got to hope he doesn't get hurt. But you're in a good spot. You really are. The division Listen, look at that. New England, it's funny because uh, uh, two games Cam Newton course, I wouldn't say he cost them, but he fumbled, and then he didn't get in on the, uh, on the goal line. Otherwise, they'd be right there. The Jets are pathetic. I am 100% convinced now the Jets are worse than the
1: Knicks. 100% uh yeah well look I mean the Jets I don't know if there is much uh yeah way who's worse I mean look you can't be any worse than the Jets are right I mean the Knicks yeah. are bad and they're kind of hopeless but at least you know uh they do win uh when they play they win a game here or there the Jets have been so non-competitive it would be like the Knicks losing by 30 points every single night
2: 25% of their games in the next one or so, and that's where the Jets have won zero. And it doesn't look like they'll win one. I heard someone say they'll they'll beat the, the Patriots. They're not beating the Patriots. The Patriots well, it could be three and two as well as doing five or whatever. The yeah. number is.
1: Look, if I had to, if I looked at the Jets schedule, and the, the schedule gets much, much tougher, the one thing, and again, I'll, I'll come from the point of view of I doubt my team and they prove me wrong. Okay. I would say that that's the one game. You know, everybody's throwing all these plaudits at the Dolphins. Tua is this and that and uh that will be the game the dolphins have to let down and uh, they'll lose to the jets. So uh, they, yeah, but that's
2: that's your sense of humor. The, the, jets, yeah. the dolphins defense is pretty good. I watched their whole game yesterday. I mean in, in spurts, they their defense is not bad.
1: They I mean their defense, I mean they have some guy the, the guy Ogba that they just drafted, he yeah. he was eating their the, the eating their lunch yesterday, the secondary, yeah. they spent a lot of money on the secondary looked really really good yesterday. So um so yeah, is it getting
2: Gaze out of there? Is that the key, getting
1: Gaze out of there? Well, <laughs> uh, well th- two things. A, getting Gaze out of there was a big part of it, and they, and they found the right guy eventually. They found the right guy, and they had a smart plan, right? Like they knew, you know, everybody can say about uh, you got to win games right away, and you do. But when you you do have a little bit of a honeymoon when you first get in there, and the Dolphins were smart where they looked at their team – they realized their talent was nowhere close to... That's what you have to improve right away. You have to do as much as you can to improve the talent. And they have improved the talent. They've coached up the talent that they've had. So they got they got the GM in place who, who can kind of, it seems like, identify some talent. They got the coach who has a good plan of being able to take his and maximize the value of those people. Uh, and uh, now it looks like they're stockpiled with picks from the Tunsil trade. So they, you know, I will say this, that their future can always go wrong, but their future looks brighter now than it probably has at any point in the last 15 years.
2: And look where the coach came from. Enough said.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's, the, that's another reason. And Spike, thanks for the call. That's another reason why I'm not getting rid of the coach if I'm the Jets in any way. I think that any team that gets rid of a coach that's like largely unpopular... Uh, they usually have some sort of you know little boost when they do that. The jets don't need that boost they They need to keep things going for as the last thing they need to do is win a game last year. the worst thing they did was down the stretch of the season win some meaningless games and uh, that allowed the coach to stay put. Whereas if they had gone one and fifteen last year, maybe maybe the Jets would have made the move then, maybe not. But maybe they would have made the move then. They certainly need to make the move after this year, and I think they certainly will. So the last thing they need to do is win any games. And then plus, you, any team, any coach they get, they get rid of, uh, that that, that's a hap- that happens, right? You get a little bit of boost. With Gase, look at all the guys in his short time as an NFL head coach where they leave him and they go and they do something else. All right, so uh, in case you're just joining us on this uh, Monday morning, of course, we've talked about the Jets. The, the Jets, the three th- I always used to joke the three things you knew about the Cowboys when they had Emmett Smith and they got the ball like anywhere inside like the 10. Emmett Smith was getting the ball. He was getting the ball the next play and he was going to score a touchdown on the next play. But the Jets, the three things you know is they will lose, that uh, they will get the first pick. And after this season, certainly after this season, they are firing Adam Gaze. This is not up for debate. And they should not fire him yet. Not yet. But they will be firing him very, very soon. All right, we're going to be running out of time very, very soon. Uh, let's go to – what do we got in terms of calls here, Brian? Uh, let's go to uh, – is it Tony in Newark? Tony, go quick, man.
0: Hey, hey real quick, uh, staying on the AFC Good, good luck to your Dolphins. They look really good. You're staying real humble about it too. Real quick, I'm tired of seeing Cam Newton, woe is me. And then we got to see Bill Belichick frustrated in the interviews. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. Can this team just accept the fact that sometimes you lose games?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the deal. We've waited for it for a long, long time. The Patriots are finally a bad team. They are a bad football team. It took a long time, took 20 years, but it's finally happened. We finally have it, and we can kind of revel in the fact that they are bad. We are out of time. Please vote on the Regal Tumble. It is up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We will be back tomorrow starting at 5 a.m., 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
0: This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.